I'm Hans. And I'm Laura. And we, we love, love to, to go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Before the pandemic, we loved to go to the theater and watch a film on Saturday. And now we're doing it in our living room. But one way or the other, the one thing we love more than watching the movie is discussing it. So now we get to do it with you and a cocktail. So enjoy. Hans, Hans and Laura, Laura go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Hello, movie fans. This week, we watched The Glass Castle, starring Brie Larson, Woody Harrelson, and Naomi Watts, a film from 2017. Right. So we watched this film because... I had read the memoir and really enjoyed it uh, so much so that I uh, read the two subsequent books written by Jeanette Walls and I wanted to see this movie in the movie theater, but for whatever reason, despite the star studded cast, it just didn't stick around very long in the movie theater. Okay. Um, and so we missed it and it kind of fell off my radar and it bubbled back up recently. So I definitely pushed and encouraged us to watch it. Okay. It was a film uh, that was based on a memoir, which was primarily about the life of um, a girl who grew up and her young life was very much shaped by um, a abusive father and her deprivation um, during childhood, moving around the country and never having um, necessities of life, basically, and how she came to terms with that. Right. So, Hans, as someone who hasn't yet read the book, I'm excited to talk to you about what you thought of the movie. But first... And I I'm excited to talk about but first, I think we need to talk about what we're drinking. Sure. I think it's probably fairly predictable what we're drinking tonight. Totally predictable. It's a Jim Beam Black on the rocks. Great go-to. So, Hans, what did you think of The Glass Castle? Okay, we'll start off with the positive. Mm -hmm. I thought that Woody Harrelson was really good in the film. Mm -hmm. Um... Then we're going to move on to the problems that I saw with the film, mm -hmm. which was most things about the film. Um, it was not so much that the film I, struck me as being poorly made per se, but one thing off the bat, it was too long. It was too long. It was too long. Secondly, um, the there was some, I, I found the, 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 the plot slash theme of this movie to be honestly rather unsettling because it seemed to make sweeping apologies for the atrocious behavior of the father. I thought that Woody Harrelson did a very good job of showing a, a abusive father who is both abusive physically, uh, very abusive emotionally, and yet at the same time as abusive figures often are, charismatic and endearing to the people who they both perhaps abuse and love simultaneously a sick relationship and i thought that he he did a good job bringing that to the character 
However, the arch of the movie seemed to continue insisting that somehow this man was worthy of redemption. And I found this to be an utterly problematic thing. And I found the most problematic of the movie to be the last five to 10 minutes, especially the last five minutes. The fact that somehow this movie decided to wrap it all up in this bow. Um, spoiler alert, in which the whole family would be getting together over over a holiday over a holiday meal bonding with the mother who was in many ways as portrayed in the film culpable as well though perhaps also a victim in this situation she also victimized her children there was there was a lot that i found troublesome about this and we're not talking about a minor case of a of a manipulative parent or a parent who was unfair to their kids or who deprived them of their opportunities that they could have had or, or something like that. We're talking about some, some stuff that, that would have left very serious scars, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing is I don't disagree with you about any of that. I thought Woody Harrelson was really good. I thought Naomi Watts was really good. I found Brie Larson. Adequate. Adequate. I was honestly slightly disappointed with her performance, given how good she was. In the in Nissan commercials. In the movie Room, also an adaptation oh, of a yes. book that was really good. Yes. Um, and I I agree with you about your very good in very good. She is very good in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with you entirely about your opinion of the film. I found the film to be somewhat problematic. Mm, um, yeah. You know, it's been a long time since I read the movie. I mean, read the book, but I was very much felt like the book was about Jeanette Walls sort of like making peace with herself yeah. and her childhood and was not, you know, maybe it was about like sort of like forgiving her father in the sense of like letting go of the anger. Okay, sure, sure, sure. But that's not that's not what I saw here. No, that's not what I saw here at all. And I was actually curious when the movie ended. Um, we were watching the credits, and it doesn't look like she was involved in the screenplay, in the writing of the screenplay. Well, that's interesting. At all. Um, and there were some other things that I noticed that I thought were different that... I could be remembering incorrectly, but to me, they felt like they played very differently. Like, I don't really remember there being an insinuation of sexual abuse against the father, but I do seem to remember that the uncle that lived with them, that lived in the house, okay, there was seemed to be some insinuation or maybe, you know, maybe more than insinuation about sexual abuse there. And also I believe that in the memoir, they lived with the grandparents for like a long hmm. or a longer period of time, or at least it seemed like, like it didn't really explain how long they were with the grandparents in the movie, but I sort of, Felt like it was maybe only a day or two. Yeah, that's how it seemed in the movie, right? Mm -hmm. But I seem to feel like in actuality it was 
longer in the memoir and that the parent just sort of like disappeared for a while. I could be remembering this wrong, but I really. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I really think that in the book, in fact, how they would have found a house to rent within the matter of a day or two as the movie seemed to sort of insinuate doesn't exactly make sense. Like, I feel like in the book too, the parents were even more abusive and negligent uh-huh. than they were mm-hmm. in the movie. Probably. And the other thing too, is that of course, anytime you have a movie, it's always going to be a condensed version of the book. But as you pointed out, the movie felt very, very long and not much very happened. Yeah. And like you didn't actually sort of like get to see the struggle of the kids like feeding themselves, which was like a big part of the book, which I think was sort of Yeah. You didn't you didn't see that. And what one of the one of the things I'd like to point out to, to this is I I think that you make a good point there I, about about the about the portrayal of the maybe the domestic situation growing up because yeah. I, I it struck me that you had these shots of the outsides of these houses that were always just rather atrocious but the insides of them always somehow looked country cozy sort of right do you know what i mean like it seemed like somehow they managed to fix them up into something that perhaps would not be my aesthetic style but certainly looked to be, um, you know, nevertheless, quite nicely appointed in some sort of a rustic kind of way. I, I don't know that that rings true. I've been in plenty of houses in, in the past where, you know, people lived in conditions of filth, you know, yeah. and, and they were not living in a condition of filth. But I think that they probably were. Yeah, no, hands down, right? hands right. down. And even because I think the thing was, is the movie sort of, again, portrayed like them fixing up the house because it did it as like this musical montage. It sort of like was like, oh, and look it. Now we're making a table and like them making the bunk beds. Like, I think it was like, I mean, the impression I got from the memoir was that the dad probably, he was actually sort of like an engineer and a little bit of an intelligent guy and a guy that had like functional skills. He just let his alcoholism. And I believe what was hinted at as possible bipolar ism in the memoir get in the way of him accomplishing things. But I mean, like in the, in the movie, like watching him make those bunk beds sort of, the movie to me, it felt like it was portraying it as like, look at us, we're the Swiss family Robinson in our treehouse. Right. But in reality, it was like, no, you're sleeping on rope and cardboard. Yeah. 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 It it it's it's a good point that you're you're bringing out bringing out there, Laura. I, the movie certainly did not suggest to me anything about there being a bipolar disorder, also. I mean, this certainly could be, I mean, oftentimes there's one mental, you know, a a mental or physical issue that's associated with substance abuse and, and, you know, self-medication. And I think that there's, you know, legitimate, you know, there's a tragic element to that, but this movie makes wild apologies and yeah. Right. And the thing is, is that maybe, maybe the problem isn't that so much 
I mean, I think maybe the problem is with the movie, right? Is that it really just, the movie portrayed this character as an alcoholic. So whether or not the reality of the situation was, was this person in real life dealing with mental illness in the context of the movie, we really only saw the alcoholism and it was like, there was all sorts of right apologies at the end. Well, one way or the other, there is there were a lot of a lot of problems with that. I, I want to mention something else before I forget about it, if mm-hmm. you don't mind, which is fast forwarding to the um, to the more present day. Though it wasn't modern present day, but it was present day to to the to the movie, um, which appeared to me maybe the late eighties. I suppose. I think the beginning of the present day started in eighty nine. Okay, so there there yeah. you have that. You know, I, I found I found it to be one of those situations where I I just once again did not understand. Um, I didn't understand that the the whole issues that were going on or supposedly going on there. How was it she felt so disingenuous about her life, and suddenly to the point that she needed to like implode her life? It seemed to me like she was almost doing what her father did. I, I felt to me like she had she had a, a a nice life that she based with her with her her fiance from the way it was presented in the movie her relationship with her fiance the fiance had done nothing nothing wrong in the movie if anything she had presented herself in, inaccurately to him and, and created a created this life that was unfair but she created that it didn't seem like that was imposed upon her. Or anything like that. So the fact that she would need to sort of implode it on everybody so that she could feel good about her, about her, her being true to herself, I felt, I felt struck, struck me as being selfish in much the same way that the father was selfish. Like, I don't believe in that. So I'm gonna do what I want to do, you know, too bad for you and too bad for the implications on this and too bad for the fact that I created this situation in the first place. Now I decide I don't like it anymore. So we're moving on. And I felt like that was a little bit of what was happening there too. Well, she imploded her world on herself for no reason. Nobody was hurting her. She was at dinner with nice people who were treating her nicely. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so yeah, so that's fair. And I mean, I think the movie tried to explain that away when, when she was like in with, with the dad and she was like, no, 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 I'm just like you. Yeah, That was, well, that was, that was weird. But again, in the context of the actual memoir, right? Like this wasn't, I don't remember the exact timing of it, but again, you know, the memoir in my mind or my interpretation of it was much more that she was making peace with herself. So like she was still dealing, even though she'd kind of like reached her goals, she was, or not reached her goals, but like she had sort of like escaped. She was really just still dealing with the trauma. And one of the ways in which I think the movie tried to portray it, but didn't do a very good job with it was that like, she never like, unpacked from her suitcases like she always yeah, had her suitcases I, I got there it, I got a hint of that yeah and like in the memoir it sort of like goes into like the fact that like they constantly moved around and everything was temporary and so like she was sort of like maybe like superstitious about unpacking and like but just like or had a mental block but just like couldn't 
couldn't do it. And that like a lot of her decisions were like not decisions. A lot of decisions she made were basically like all about like distancing herself from her parents instead of just like doing what she wanted to do. And so I don't disagree with the way it played out in the movie to me just felt like confusing and muddled and muddy and sort of overly dramatic. But I didn't feel that way when I read the memoir. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I think that that maybe would be something that makes a little bit more more sense to me, but that, that thoroughly did not come through in the movie. The idea that this was, this was a life that she had built simply as a, you know, as a, a, a revolt against her parents. And then she came to the recognition that, um, that, that it was not the life that she wanted. So she in fact was, was so not accomplishing still, anything. Yeah. By, they were still controlling her life. in some way in the mm-hmm. fact that like she was doing the opposite of what they would have But wanted, that didn't, so, that yeah. did not come through in, in and, this, in this, in this film at all. And the other thing that didn't really come through is how much guilt she carried about with her, bro- leaving her brother and younger sister. Like they sort of like, played up the idea that it was like hard on the little sister and it was like hard on the brother, but they like, again, and maybe, you know, I don't know if it was just. No, I didn't say they played it up. I think there was like two lines that were said about it. Right. Right. But this is one of the things that like, I think could have been more, that would have been, they could have spent a little bit more time and got a lot of bang for their buck by sort of like, playing out this like concept of like guilt that she had because even though she had an older sister, she was always sort of like the ringleader and she was always the one that like took care of everybody. Like the older sister didn't really wasn't in that same capacity because for whatever reason, she was like sort of the chosen one right? amongst her, her family and her dad, you know? Right. And so she carried around a lot of that guilt and that didn't really play out, which I think also just made her adult self much more confusing. Well, that, that may, that may, that may be, that may, may well be true. I, I mean, I, th- I think I can definitely understand why the movie is not more of a success when Mm-mm. it came out. Uh, perhaps it would have been more successful nowadays had been, had it been released straight to Netflix. I don't um, know though. I think it was. No, kind there's of, a lot of questionable movies that have done. Yeah, but well, I, I don't know that they've done very well. No, but, but I think this movie actually, the way the movie played out, and I think maybe there was a sense of this in 2017, but I feel like in 2021, because our world has changed so quickly, I think that honestly the film would have been less embraced because I do think it's a very troubling picture hey, you can tell a troubling story and it can be a problematic story but this seemed to to not be aware of right its, exactly that's the thing is if they wanted to tell a trouble a troubled story or a story about all these complicated characters perhaps with with interconnected you know issues and problems and, and whatnot that's the story you can tell but this just didn't seem to be aware enough of that and again, wanted to somehow tie things into some sort of a bow at the at the end right. in various places throughout. It was illogical, I yeah. would say. Right. Right. And it was honestly sort of a little problematic to the 
to the women in the story. Like that's, I think there wouldn't have been a tolerance for that sort of abuse. Maybe. I mean, some, some, you know, the, the, the mother in the story had, had culpability as well. there as well. Yeah. Also, which, which we seem to be requested to forget about at the end of the movie as yeah. well. Um, perhaps, perhaps less than the father, but one way or the other, there's. Yeah. Know. Overall, just sort of a meh movie. Hey, if you had chopped 20 minutes off of it, maybe it wouldn't have been um, struck me as, as so strongly along these lines, but. Yeah. You say a meh movie, I give it a meh minus. A meh minus. Yeah, that's where I'd go. Well, until next time, movie fans. See you at the movies. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled to their thoughts. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But hearts and love.